Hello and welcome to Love with Service Radio, coming to you from Sai Baba's Ashram and Educational Campus in Mudanhalli, India, December 2017. Today we have with us Mike Murthia from Australia. He talks about his youth and how even as a child he wanted to find the one God that permeates all of creation. He tells us about experiences he had as a young child about finding God while growing up with parents that didn't understand him his mother being a Russian Orthodox Christian and his father was an atheist. He tells a funny transformative story he had while in Baba's Darshan, reminding him to always live in the moment. He also reminds us of a wonderful saying that has helped him in his spiritual journey, star watch, star meaning to stop, think, act, and review, and watch meaning to watch your words, actions, thoughts, character, and heart. Enjoy. I've been with uh, following Swami since I was 15, um, and I came first came to India, I think. I heard of him in 88, I read a book about him in 88, and then in 92, I think, I came, I'm not quite sure if it was 92 or 93, and uh, that was still the time before the Sai Kuang Hall was uh, built, and it was just sand and dirt. That's absolutely amazing experience. I had one day in India, uh, in Puttaparthi and two and a bit weeks in India with an Indian family that was looking after me. And I always wanted to see Sai Baba. And so they brought me here, which was very lovely of them. And from then on in, my life changed from the day I read that book when I was 15. And then accelerated <clears throat> with so many dreams from that moment when Swami came into my life through that book. Many, many visions and dreams of Baba and Amrita Nanda Maya as well, when I first met her in 96, I think. Were there any dreams that stood out? Oh, I've got a book full. Oh, okay. Yeah, amazing. And I can't remember them all anyway because I stopped writing about them about when I came to live in Puttaparthi full-time in 2014. I decided that I would finish that chapter on writing and on about all the visions I have with Swami and... And just now, just experience it all and, and be, you know. In the moment. Yeah, yeah. That's, for me, that was very important. But I'm sure I'll have a, like, a smile when I go back and go into my storage and yeah. read them all. Um, when I was young, before I met Swami, used to say, when I was very, very small, um, probably three or four, I used to say, the one God is here. He will always protect me. And uh, my mother was Russian. Orthodox and tried to every now and then take me to a Russian Orthodox church which I absolutely detested, standing like for two hours listening to some language I had no idea about and my father was an atheist so I had this uh, interesting combination in my life and uh, I, but I, but I never I was never taught Russian the language but uh, and so I never understood why people just stood in this church and listened to some... Uh, it was a weird thing. But I always believed there was this energy that was in everything and everywhere. And that somewhere in this planet, somewhere there was this one God and all and everything. And I was always looking for it. I was looking when you for... When you were very young. Yes. You said. So how did you, uh, you... It came in dreams where you... No, no, just this amazing feeling. And I could see energy moving. I could see... The world, it was like just like this uh, shimmer all the time. Uh-huh. Not all the time, some like of the time. Or something? Yeah, it was a really strange thing. I could just stare and everything just sort of moved. And I was like, wow, man, this is like, 
maybe I was thinking everyone would see this, so I thought it was yeah. a normal thing, but it obviously wasn't. But I, I had this feeling uh, that, that you were always protected and yes. everything was one. Because you, you were yes. saying that earlier, how something said, I'm always with you, I'm always protecting you. And yes. There is one eternal entity that we all are. Yeah, well, I had this mantra, the one God is here. He is always protecting me. And, and you, you felt that when you were a very, yeah. like a three-year-old. Yes, oh. yeah. And <clears throat> that then translated into me finding Sai Baba. At 14. Yeah, it was 14 and a half, yeah. nearly 15. How did your family react to your spiritual That's why I actually left my family when I was five, because I said, this is not my family. When you were five? Yep. How did... How did that happen? <laughs> well, if you're comfortable with it. Oh, I'll tell you one little part, but I won't tell you the other yeah. ten years after that. When I was five, I had this little wooden, little plastic suitcase, and I had a stuffed, like, toy mouse. Put my toy mouse in the suitcase, and I said, "I'm out of here." And my mum, a very wealthy family, came from and had everything I wanted, but I didn't have that which were, that which I was looking for, which is this one God and all and everything. But I never told my family this. And uh, I remember my mum was ironing on the ironing board watching Days of Our Lives or something. And we had a very big house. It was a huge house. It was in, on a property that backed up onto a forest, a reserve. And I looked at her and I said, I'm going. And she looked down at me and she said, oh, really? Okay. And I said, yeah, I'll see you. Bye. And I walked out the back door. <laughs> she just went, okay. And I went into the forest. I think I walked for like 10, 15 minutes, and I came upon this swing set in the middle of nowhere. Huh. In the middle of nowhere. It was, it was really amazing. But in the middle of the swing, there was a spider web, and there was no spider. And my mind went to thinking, where's the spider? And I thought, if it's not in the web, it must be around here somewhere. And then I, fear came into me, and I thought, I can't look after myself. I'm too small. I need to wait. So a little bit of fear through my being, wondering where the spider was. And with this thought, I reluctantly went back to the house, found the pathway back through the forest to the house. And I remember my mum going, oh, you're back. And I looked at her. But at that point in time, my mind shut down. And I went into myself and I withdrew mentally from that family. And I always, for a long time, had a lot of tears in my eyes calling out, for the one God in all and everything. And that presented itself, Swami presented himself to me when I was in year 10, which was like pre-university, as a book by Howard Murphy in this oh. Indian family that I met at my school. They took me back to their house. I went, I was just a very curious cat looking on their shelves, and there was this book by Howard Murphy, Man of Miracles. Mm. When I started reading that book, instantly tears came from within and I just cried and cried. And I read this book. I just sat and read it straight through. And I knew this is what I've been looking for, Sai Baba. So I pestered this Indian family, please, I want to go to India. And then finally, after some time, they took me after two years <laughs> to see Sri Sati Sai Baba. I mean, this whole topic is about transformation. From there to now, I'm not the same person. From the last 30 years of my life, from when I was 15... A lot of transformation has happened. I wasn't as courageous then as I am now. I wasn't as strong with knowing who I am. 
I didn't know my purpose. Even though I knew Swami, I was always asking, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Only up until now when I reached Mudanali did that sort of become apparent because I was still wandering the planet. Yeah. Here, I've had everything is sort of solidified for me. Everything has become very clear as to I am that. I mean, I was... Uh, you are that is eternal. Yes. And it's, like, it's more of a reassuring feeling that lets you relax and know that that you there's nothing to worry about and that you are being entirely taken care of and everything is for your for your yeah. better your betterment spiritually. Well Swami in the form was always there for me and every time I, I lived a very solitudinal life and I every time I mean I was always crying for him for a long time, had many tears all the time when he was in the form. And he would just appear to me very angrily, like, why are you doing that for? And then disappear. You know, even now, I don't tell you, after 30 years, he still ignores me, which is quite amazing. And all my friends here see that when Madhu Swami through Madhu walks down the line, he takes like a beeline around, goes somewhere else, and then, oh, he won't look at me, he'll look to the left and right of me. Even when I was in Darshan, in Puttapati, He'd manifest things for people around either side of me. It was quite amazing. And even up to today, it's the same story. <laughs> so I haven't had uh, the great good fortune of having direction straight from him, but he's made me find it myself. You know? And that is really important because it makes me rely on the inner, my own divinity, me as a divine being because if he keep if he ever spoon fed me i would <coughs> would so much latch onto that yeah. you know and it would be hard to leave his form yeah well i came from the formless i went to the form and now he wants me to go back to the formless so it's very easy yeah. for me to go into that it seems yeah. like he's training you on your own like uh, more than others to to become the formless and not to be attached to any physical words like to the sensation of hearing and yes. the, your senses. He, he's drawing you yeah. spiritually more personal yes. in silence. And um, fortunately, and very fortunately, Mudanahali has appeared to make that apparent mm -hmm. because when he left in the form, I was like, yay, yay, Swami has left and we have to find him inside. Mm -hmm. I just knew that instinctually. But... When Mudanahali happened, I came here in 2014, in December, for the first satsang, and he told me to stay. And I was like, yeah, this is real. Instantly, I, I knew this was real. I didn't question, I just felt overwhelmingly that Swami is talking through Madhu, and Madhu can actually hear and see him. I had no doubt, because of what I saw, personal things happened to me when I first came there. And the same things that would happen when I, Swami was in the form happened to me, in Sayanandam, when um, Baba through Madhu was walking down the carpet, it was it's like, this is just... Same personality was speaking to you. Yep, yeah. and gave the same looks and the same looking down from way, way down, looking like, uh, you won't be able to... It's like, he would cock his head to the left and look down and sort of raise his eyebrows at me. Same thing Madhu did. And then he would ask the same question, when you're leaving, from way, way back. And it was amazing, you know, the same feeling was there and... I can't describe it, but obviously I've had three and a half years more of all of this and, and a lot more personal things have happened. Yeah. But only to make me realize I am that. 
When I was 20, I was, I used to love taking a uh, Vedo, uh, Upanishad, and writing it out. Yeah. And once I was doing that, and I was falling asleep, and this booming voice said, said to me, as my eyes were half closing in tiredness, henceforth, thou art that. And I sort of sat up straight, looked around, and I was in my own house. There was nobody. I was renting this huge house, and absolutely nobody in this house. And uh, I got a bit of a shock. I guess when I was 21 or 22. Yeah. Yeah. And so this whole experience in Mudnahali is just uh, is making me truly aware of that truth. You yeah. know, and making me live it and experience it with awareness. Yeah. Being aware of that eternal truth. Yes. That you've been searching for since you were three. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so it's just been stronger feelings more, more in the past five years, three years. The self-confidence is there from uh, this whole play that I'm watching. Where do you think that self-confidence arises? Or what, what, is, what does that mean to you, self-confidence? The ability to always fall back with conviction that I am that and let that be the basis of me making decisions. Mm. And the confidence comes from that awareness from this. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense. but Yeah, yeah um, so like I think what you're saying is you are more confident because you're aware that you're not dependent on your, your mind isn't guiding yeah. you. Yeah. You feel more connected to where the spirit of the universe is guiding you yeah. every day. Yeah, and, and that it's confidence. not a separate thing from me. Yeah, right. It, you uh, are and always have been. And it's an amazing thing because for the first time in a long time, um, I've been here listening to nearly every single discourse in Mudnahali, uh. and a couple of discourses ago, he said constant integrated awareness. That's something that I really loved when I first came to Puttapati and I, I heard him speak about it. And, uh, and I haven't heard him mention that maybe he did, maybe I fell asleep. <laughs> but he mentioned that and that's what's always happening now. And the awareness of when I'm thinking behind it all and I know that this is a, a great play of minds and there is one all-pervading force making it all happen with or without my awareness. Yes. And with that, the fear goes. The confidence rises. Like if, it may, if a decision comes through this body, then it can be, an, it can be done but without any worry. You know, if something goes wrong, okay, so be it. If something goes right, okay, so be it. But it doesn't really matter. As long as I do my best, put effort in, the love, and all the other things that come with that, and that's where this transformation has come through for me, where I'm more peaceful with myself, you know, with my personality now. Mm -hmm. More of a heart transformation. Yeah. And it helps ease the mind a little more so. Yeah, and it lessens the mind, lessens yeah. the concepts, lessens it has to be like this or it has to be like that. Right. Yeah. There is more acceptance. There's less of an opinion now. If there is an opinion, it's like, should I give it, you know? Mm -hmm. the, w what's yeah. it going to do? It might help the other person. Okay, so give it. And if they don't accept it, oh, whatever, you know. Yeah. And when Swami, I see this great play of all these people here now. And he's grinding me, grinding others. It's, you know, sometimes it's gentle because it gets more and more, this uh, friction gets less and less the more you just sit back and back and relax. Yeah. You know. We're and trying to fight the river so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Why? 
why? Yeah. <laughs> why do I? Why do I need to be heard? Why does my opinion count? Why do I think I'm more right when everything is God? Right. Yeah. Like you said before, it's going to go on with or without it. Yeah. Anyway, so you might as well add to the you know excitement and yeah, I can enjoy. add and let it go. You know, if, yeah. if I'm tomorrow, Swami says you created an ashram, the 25th ashram in, in Antarctica. Okay, and these 10 people are going to do you. Okay. And then none of them have any idea, and they all go against each other. It's okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. For You're, me, it's, it's, it's more important to find, to be the love, to be kind. Yeah, it's like a freedom, a certain sense of freedom, though. So that's, yeah. in and of itself, a very special thing. So yeah. that's great that you learned that. Well, and, and practicing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. the greatest sense of peace comes from after the action, you know. When you reflect back and you go, oh, that was nice. Thank you for doing that through me. Yeah. <laughs> In that way, oh, that's so lovely. <laughs> it's like when you do seva, you do a lot of hard work, and then afterwards you feel great about it too. Yeah. You know? And so I've always believed seva is in every moment. Yeah. It's not mm -hmm. just a designated task here, here, here. It's, I think, the greatest, and Baba keeps saying the greatest seva is self-realization. Mm -hmm. Because if you become a good, sweet, kind, divine being, naturally wherever you go and see yourself and everybody and love everybody, it's going to have a beautiful effect upon the environment around you. Right. On the yeah. individuals that need more love, just yeah. the fact that you're giving off more, a certain yeah. fragrance more you love. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what this word, for me, I mean, mm -hmm. it's not proper, I'm not speaking for anybody else, but for me, everyone who says, I've got to go and do savor, I say, you don't have to go and do seva. What you're doing is doing love. Like becoming the seva, yeah. which the service is to love all, serve all. Yeah. And if you're loving all, you are serving all. Yeah. By having immense And what well, I was going to say, by opening your heart, maybe your heart will tell you, like, go sweep up that, you know, place yeah. or do yeah. that thing. And yeah. maybe that's what it tells you to do. And that's but. more of that ease, I think, that you're feeling is uh, you're living more through your heart instead of purely letting your mind run you. Yes. You know, and the mind is what causes that friction that you yeah. mentioned. Uh, it was a great, uh, I have a beautiful experience. Back in 97 or 98, I was sitting in the front row in the morning. Darshan just finished. And there was this lovely American man. His name is John. He, had long, he has a long ponytail. I don't know if he's here in Puttaparthi, but he's always here. And I was sitting with him. And Swami had just gone into the interview room. And I was like a little bird chirping in his ear, talking, 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 and he was trying to just sit peacefully. And he turned around, and he looked at me, and he got his index finger, and he whacked it on my forehead. And he said, stop thinking, be here now. I got a bit of a shock, because I was like a monkey, like... And at that moment, Swami had just gone in five minutes ago into the interview room. Suddenly, the doors opened of the interview room, Baba walked out behind the Ganesh statue. We were sitting where the golden chariot resides, just mm -hmm. yeah. on that side over there. Walked the whole length of the veranda, came down and stood right in front of us. John and I were the only few people in the Darshan Hall, because everybody, when Swami goes into the interview room, they, all, they yeah. go to breakfast. Right. The Western Canteen, they say, yeah, he's going to be in there 45 minutes, and we'll be back just in time for when he comes out of the interview room. Obviously, Swami is all-pervading on this, you know, being president. He knows just what happened. So he stood in front of us and looked over us. He didn't look down at us. He was like, I could touch his feet, but I was in too much of a shock and awe. And he was, 
only the two of us sitting there and a few people up the back of the hall because some people like to sit and meditate. And it was like, uh, our jaws were dropping. Baba just looked around. Some man ran over. He said something in Telugu and then turned around, walked back up to the veranda and went back into the interview room. Now, what kind of confirmation do you need? Stop thinking, be here now. I mean, yeah, how, right, that's how perfect. beautiful. <laughs> Literally left out of the room. <laughs> to come I, acknowledge this moment yes. in time, which stay with me. That's a great blessing. Beautiful. Yeah, and you won't forget that. Yeah. And yes, especially <laughs> when you're always talking like I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's awesome. That's amazing. I, I would say uh, I really do feel that this whole play in drama and Mudanahali is to really show and to help one move into the, into the true feeling of your own divinity. Madhu is the example. Swami is within us and is expressing himself through Madhu. Swami is within Spencer and Nate and Mikey and he is expressing himself through us all. Yeah. You know? We just have to open our hearts, allow the mind to go and just the, the love yeah. to pervade. Yeah. I think there's a lot of many subtle things that go unseen unless you are more aware and to be aware you have to kind of, you know, shut the mind off a little bit more, you yeah. know, maybe go, I wouldn't say necessarily into a meditative state because meditation becomes a daily action through everything you do, but as mm. you, you know, learn to surrender yeah. um, and you can see the subtleness to it and see kind of how, like you were saying, when you relax yeah. And just see how the play is going. It doesn't grind as hard. And you don't have to see so much friction, you yeah. know. So yeah. it becomes a little bit, you know, smoother. And not to say there's never turbulent ups and downs. But yeah. even through those turbulent times, when you have that, like, more solidified um, faith and grounding, it helps you get through it more more so than yeah. when the mind just goes yeah. crazy and you can think insane thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that, uh, it's that surrender to God's will. <laughs> That seems to open up the heart to where you live only from the heart and yeah. feelings of just pure love and compassion for everyone and everything. And it's a, it's quite an exciting time, actually, that we're living in and that we're, like, in the epicenter of the golden age, um, if you might say it like I, that. And you know what? I'm really thankful that I'm here. Yeah. You know, but amongst all the negativity that's happening in the world and even in our own area mm -hmm living here in India, mm -hmm. that such beauty is happening for us, you know, it's a very special time, yeah. you know, and I I'm, I'm really do, even though sometimes think to myself, am I being very grateful, am I full of gratitude, am I giving enough, oh my gosh, I've just taken two ladders instead of one, how selfish am I, <laughs> I'm really, I, I truly am, in moments like these, very thankful. For this, for Swami to call me to to make me think about my reality, about the truth of my reality, you know, I wish that for everybody. Because my life, I've always talked about spirituality to everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, the spirit reality, you as yes. that reality, your you consciousness know. is a yeah. reality. That's right. And and for to see this and be a part of this game, even if it's going to end mm -hmm. in the next three, four years. You know, 95th birthday, whenever 
Yeah, if it goes a little bit longer, so be it. But, but even on the veranda, you know, you get the finger on the head to be in that moment, you <laughs> yes. know, so it makes it more sweeter, you know, even if it's yes. <clears throat> three minutes, three years, it's still a precious, it stays you know, you. moment in time. Right, exactly. It's always, yeah. you're always going to have that, you know. Yeah. So. It's an eternal universe. Right. It's, it's God's grace to mm-hmm. give us this knowledge. Yep. It's, almost, it's his grace only. Like the laws of nature, he's happy always and, yep. it, and is always in a state of pure bliss and pure love and timelessness. Mm. But it's his grace to to ease the pain of all human beings on the earth. Try to relay the message. To relay the message on on he what makes him happy is that we're happy, and so us being happy makes other people happy. I've seen it when I when other people are happier around me, I become happier, it like and it's you, inexplainable. But it's it like you were saying earlier, when you the the ultimate seva is to better yourself. When you better yourself, there's a certain magnetism, fragrance, or it just changes people around you. So yeah. when you change yourself. You're doing a certain save. It doesn't have to be scrubbing a floor necessarily. You kind of scrub your heart, you know, yes. and then it affects other people <laughs> yes. around you, which, you know, you do a nice thing for someone. They're like, well, I'm going to do a nice thing for somebody just yeah. because, you know, yeah. it's just kind of like this domino effect that happens. And it all starts with yeah. the choice to, you know, look within and change yourself first, yes. you know. So, and that's a huge step because, you know, a lot of the time people are always about themselves. So when you go inwards and, change to better yourself you actually are bettering yeah. everything the whole you know because you are the whole that's how i would see it so i think the very good practical example of that is is when you're about to speak if you're feeling a bit flustered or angry is just stop and say nothing or say it sweetly change and say is this does it really matter and i think that's when you start to stop and reflect before you act there comes the transformation. Too often we impulsively just blurt everything out. I learned in, when I was 19, 20 in the Psy organization this beautiful phrase. We know star watch. Uh, we know watch, words, action, thought, character, heart. Mm, yes. There was this young lady who gave a little speech and she put the word star in front of watch. And it was stop, think, then act, and then review your words, actions, thought, <laughs> character, heart. And they called it star watching. And it really helps when, you, when you're in a situation that the transformation becomes apparent when you f- feel flustered, angry, and you're going to say something and you stop and you purposely transform that into either silence or a sweet, full speech mm-hmm. which would curb everything or move you away from any kind of... Negativity. Or, yeah, yeah. There... You can see it's alchemy. Yeah, yeah the the magic happened. Yeah. Anyway. So wait, could you um, just repeat what the Star Watch stands for one more time? Stop, think, then act on your thoughts, and then review your words, actions, thoughts, character, and heart. So what you are about to do before you do it, just quickly take a stock. Is it going to add? To the gonna, peace, yeah. Is it going to be any? Is it going to benefit anyone yeah. if I say these words, or yes. even if I think this way or act this way, <laughs> or is it only going to cause a hindrance in yes. our coexistence? More, more tension. Yes. Is it really necessary? And that review process happening all very quickly, and this watching is all very is happening. It's like a twinkle in the sky of a star, you know. It's very quick, twinkle, twinkle. But uh, it helps. If we can, in the heat of the moment, remember your constantly integrated your awareness. Remember who I am, and I'm not this body. I'm not this mind. I'm not these thoughts. I'm not these feelings. And 
everything that's sort of coming out of me in this moment, is this truly what I am? Yeah. So yeah. emulate through your words and actions what you truly are. Yes. Which yeah. is pure love. Yeah. We're going to work on being star watchers. Yeah. <laughs> star watchers. <laughs> I like that. Thanks, Nathan yeah. Spence. Now you will hear a song composed and performed by Mike about the infinite love of God. I created this song for Swami in 2013. This song I played in an interview for Baba, but Baba came to me in a dream after I created it in Two weeks later, Baba came to me in a dream and he said, are there limits? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Swami, there are limits and there aren't limits. And he went, oh. <laughs> you know, Swami's like, oh. <laughs> and there was some man sitting at the table next to me and he said, and what do you think? <laughs> this man just looked at me and smiled and that was the end of the vision. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So thank you for allowing me to sing that to you. Thank you. Yeah. No, that was yeah. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> this is, the yeah. energy's high. I could feel it. Feel the love. Thank right. you guys. Thank, Thank you, you, Mike. Thanks, Thank for, you. thanks for coming on to the show. Yes. Hopefully, we can have you again some other time. Love to. Thank you. <laughs>